You're listening to the Finding Enough podcast with Jessica Joy Holt, where we will be exploring stories and journeys of how we can find we are enough within ourselves, as well as meditations, mental resets, and more. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome. Hi, guys. Um, Welcome to the Finding Enough podcast with Jessica Joy Holt. Today, we have Leslie Crivar on with me, and I'm so, so stoked. I've met her first with IFCA, which is a coaching um, business that I got to work with, and I'm still working with because they are amazing. And she is one of their coaches, and it's just been a light in my life. So without any further ado, Leslie. Hi, Jessica. That was such a nice (laughs) intro. You have been a light for me as well. Always so enjoyable, every interaction that we have and what you bring to the community is so valuable as well. So thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining. Um, yeah, I was so stoked. I was just telling her that I was so stoked when she was going to come on. I kept checking my calendar for the date because I was looking forward to it so much. (laughs) So, um, yes, I want to hear your story of about just how you've been finding enough within your journey and yourself, because you are somebody that when I follow you and I see everything that you're doing for you and all those that you love and help, it's obvious that you have found a good purpose of who you are and a purpose within yourself. So yeah, could you expand on a bit of your journey? Absolutely. So when I hear that question, your journey of figuring out that you're enough, I'm like, where to start with that? Because I can trace that all the way back to childhood. And I, and I often feel like that's a great place to start because in childhood is where we start making sense of the world. There's no other way around it. We can't detach from that part of our lives because everything kind of starts there. What we do with those experiences obviously can change. And depending on if they're experiences that we want to hold on to or let go of, you know, that's, that's individual for each person. But for me, I think figuring out that I was enough or finding how I could feel like enough started there. So I am one of seven children. So it is, yeah, I know a lot. There's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff happening and we're all pretty close in age. And so it's, it's so interesting when you think about like birth order and how those things like impact who you develop into, because for me, I was the second oldest And I was kind of like, I always say like acting as the oldest, my older Mm -hmm. sibling, just um, maturity wise and just maybe desire wise, didn't not want to fill those shoes. So I kind of always stepped in as being that like second mom, there was five kids younger than me. And obviously with my mom being in charge of all of them and my dad, you know, working to support us, there was a lot of responsibility that I just stepped into to kind of help and support. So right there, that gave me value. That made me feel like I had a purpose. I was helping. And I think at a young age, I recognized that I really enjoyed that. There was something in helping other people. Didn't really matter what it was, you know, whether I was stopping a fight or occupying them or cleaning or whatever it could be. The fact that I was helping made me feel good. So I think right there, I started to figure out, all right, there's something here. There's something here that makes me feel full enough, if you will. Um, And then as life goes on, obviously we do different things. We have different experiences. And I kind of stayed in that role of always being like the listener or the helper in some way. But I feel like when you get into school, no one really talks to you about how to continue to develop these things, these internal strengths, or these, this understanding of who we are 
So you either lose it or you just continue to muddle through it. And really we just get laser focused on what's my career going to be? What am I going to do in life? That's the only thing that we're really geared towards, I feel like, in school. Um, so that that's sort of what I did. I, I kind of focused on what I was supposed to be doing career-wise. None of it really like made sense to me. I didn't really have a career-driven family. So I was just kind of like pulling at different things. Maybe I'll try this. Maybe I'll try that. And for a really, really long time, that made me feel very insecure. Like I didn't know my purpose. I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing. And I had other siblings in my family who were like laser focused on, oh, I'm going to be a teacher. Oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And so because I was kind of jumping from thing to thing, and it's funny looking back on it now, there's, there was a common thread in each thing that I did got me a little bit closer to what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. But at the time it didn't feel that way. I felt like I was failing and I kept like missing something. Um, And so something that I pull from that often is that even when you're in like the thick of it and it feels like you're making all the wrong decisions. Now I can look back on that and, and say, it's, that's never what's happening. It's always setting you up for something else. Right. Yes. It's like, that's a revelation having in this moment too. It's cool. Um, so yeah, just to kind of keep this, like lead this journey where we're going to end it, um, allowing myself to walk through all those different phases, you know, starting with, gosh, I wanted to major in psychology. I did that. Um, I went into somewhat of education. I went into a little bit of business. I ended up in graduate school for mental health counseling, obviously, which is what I got my licensing, um, masters in. And then I allowed that to lead me into coaching. And I fully believe that this is going to, I'll I'll, I'll continue to be in this space, but who knows what this will develop into because it's ever changing. And I just continue to trust the next thing that's put in front of me and trust my intuition and, um, and, and really just step into whatever I feel like is, I guess, coming up or forward for me at that moment. So I don't know if that answered your question um, around my journey of enough, but maybe it did in a roundabout way. I don't know. No, it totally did. It showed um, a huge connection that I've even noticed in my life is those, like you said, like when you're in the thick of it, when it's easy to feel kind of lost and insecure because you're not really sure where this is taking you or why you're even doing it. You're like, I'm doing it to get by, right? That's probably why I'm doing it. And then a little bit down the road, you're like, oh, wow, I learned this and that from that. And now I'm like two steps forward, even though it didn't feel like it at the time. And you continue to have those moments that lead you to figure out like, oh, like there is a bigger purpose for all this that continues to pull me in. And even though I can't see what's ahead, you can plan and you can try, (laughs) but even though you can't always see what's ahead, you figure out that like everything that you're doing, like you're already there, you're already enough. And it's just helping you get better and better towards this this variation of yourself, which is your best. It's what you've always wanted to be. And you just have to trust your intuition, listen to yourself, like know what's best for you, continue to try to make those best choices. Even if you kind of feel lost at the time, like trust that like you got this and it's pretty amazing how that can end up. Like you said, like to where you are and you know that you're still evolving and you're still growing, but you're happy with where you're at. Mm, Yeah. And that's, that's awesome. I'm so happy to hear that from you as well. Yeah, it's super cool. You know, I think something that's like, it's thrown around easily, but it's so, so important to kind of touch on why it's so important and really how to access it is self-trust. 
Oh you know? my gosh. Yeah. I, I talk to my clients about this all the time because without self-trust, you can't really do anything because you start to do something. And once it gets hard, you question, is this right? Is it wrong? Is it not working because it's, I shouldn't be doing it? Or is it not working because I should stay in it? And mm-hmm. um, when we have self-trust, we, we know, we know when to stay in it and we know when to change. And just something that I've really I been focusing on a lot lately with my clients is developing self-trust by creating evidence for yourself. Mm-hmm. Have you heard me talk about this yet? Yes. And I love that so much. Yeah. It's um the way that I, and I feel like there's a lot of different ways to create evidence, but the easiest way is just to, to create moments throughout your day, throughout your week, throughout your month, throughout your years that reaffirm that you can trust yourself. Mm-hmm. So, so often we make little promises to ourselves, even to other people, and we just break them. Mm-hmm. And every time we do that, we sort of send a signal, a message to ourselves that I'm not trustworthy. I can't trust myself. So for example, if I said, well, I'm going to wake up tomorrow morning at 6am, I'm going to journal, I'm going to do my workout, and then I'm going to get my day started. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't do it. That's just a little bit of like self-trust I lost. Yeah. I don't trust myself. But if I did it, then I start banking that trust. And I'm like, oh, this Leslie girl, we can trust her. <laughs> so it's finding little things like that every single day, even if it's just, I'm, I'm going to call the doctor tomorrow, or I'm going to stick to this one thing that I put on my task list, putting things down, sticking with them. And every single day, banking that self-trust, it builds, it builds, it builds until you have to make really big decisions. And you're like, no, I got this. Mm-hmm. I, I trust myself. Right. And like you're saying, it goes both ways. Like if you don't bank that self-trust, if you don't build it, you're going to have the exact opposite reaction basically. So mm-hmm. it's so it's that much more important to do those little steps to get there, to build on that self-trust. So you have that self-trust that you can listen to your body, yourself, your intuition and grow to be your best self and know that you have your own back. Yes, ma'am. Oh, I love that. Yes. <laughs> uh, so on that topic, because that is like one of the biggest things I think that can really help you. Do you have any other tips that helped you um, kind of get here on your journey that you would recommend? Yes, absolutely. And this is something that probably everyone in the self-help space talks about, but it's the easiest thing to look over or just a downplay. And mm-hmm. it is journaling. <laughs> yeah. I talk about journaling. <laughs> and you know, I like to talk about this in the sense that it's not something that you, that looks the same for everyone. And it's also not something that looks the same for each person, like always like, and I, what I mean by that is the way I journaled five years ago, looks very different to how I journal now. And I'm sure the way I journal now will look different than how I journal a year or two from now. So it's just finding the right thing that works for you to get started. And then following that, um, for me early on, the best thing that I did was found a guided journal that I've probably recommended on every podcast I've been on. I've given to every client, any, anybody that will listen to me for longer than five minutes, I recommend this journal. Well, which uh, one is it? <laughs> oh, I can't tell you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> They're gone. No, it, uh, it's called live this day. You can get it on Amazon. Um, it will be at your door tomorrow. But what I love so much about this journal is it's, it's set up in a way where it has you set an intention in the morning. Uh, you know, it's just take one or two minutes to be mindful of how you want to move through that day. Maybe one thing you want to focus on and then 
you recap your day. You can literally do this entire journal prompt if you want to in less than five minutes, or you could make it even more expansive. But the thing about journaling that's so powerful is what we're really doing is just giving ourselves time and space to be with our thoughts. And I don't know about you, but I feel like that is becoming less and less of a our thing that people do. We don't sit with our thoughts anymore. The second we're alone, the second there's quiet space, we pick up our phone, we scroll, uh, we even mm-hmm. listen to a podcast, we watch a movie. I mean, we're very, very rarely left alone with our thoughts to think about how we feel. Yeah. So creating that space to even just answer a question that seems like not even that important, that big of a deal and writing it down and seeing where your mind goes, seeing where that question takes you is so powerful. And it really starts to unlock who you are, experiences that you've had, like the way you feel about that, the way you feel about yourself. So that's, that's always where I encourage people to start with some type of journaling. And if you're not someone that likes to just sit there and stare at a blank page and just free write, because that can be very intimidating, um, find a guided journal and and start there. I love that tip. That's something I've talked about on this podcast, like quite a bit, because I think it is so powerful. And like you said, like we're so used to being distracted, like whether it's social media or podcast or TV, whatever it may be these days, because we have every ability at our fingertips to be distracted. It's just, it's overwhelming and scary to a lot of people to be alone with their thoughts. Mm-hmm. So, but I think that makes it even more important. Yes. Yeah, it is. And I feel like I talked about this on a, on a podcast recently as well, but creating like a void in your life, creating space for there to be nothing yes, is so powerful because when there's nothing, something else will fill it. And it's typically something that we, we didn't even know could be there, would be there mm-hmm. because there's not space for it. So I would like to dive into that a little bit more because I do think that's really important. Could you tell us a little bit about how you worked that into your life or into your schedule? Like, how did you get started with that idea? Because I think that's really important. People often like, oh yeah, I could vibe with that, but then they don't know how to do it. Yeah. So I actually learned about that through a podcast. I think it was, um, it was Eckhart, one of his earlier, like a really, really old podcast of his, I'll have to find it for you, but it was a very expansive and deep conversation around voids in our life. And the way that he was explaining it was how to welcome voids in your life, especially when they're ones that you like that are not perceived as enjoyable or favorable. So he went as far as giving examples around how you can take things like death or loss of a relationship or a job. And we can almost shift our perspective into welcoming them because for example, when a relationship ends, there's something there in your life that was like holding space, physical space, like the time that you put into it. It was whole occupying space in your mind, you know, where your thoughts went. It was, you know, it was occupying space in your life. And when that is no longer there, you have a void in you. You have a void in your time, energy, all the things I just mentioned. And now you have an opportunity to see what, what's going to fill that. And when he explained it like that, like I just kept thinking about how usually when some, let's think of it, a relationship ending and it's sad and, and you don't want it to end or whatever, usually what we fill in that void is sadness and despair. And sometimes like, um, you know, just like, woe is me, victim mentality. 
But if we were to shift that and be like, now, what am I going to put here? What am I going to add in? Like, what am I going to allow to fill this space? And you look at it as a way of like a new opportunity that shifts things. Yeah. When I heard that, I was like, man, this is cool. So then I started thinking of how I could apply this like day to day. And, um, you know, he talked about this, you know, having these voids in your life. This is the reason that, you know, spiritual leaders do things like um, fast and like literally create, like remove things from their life because they want to see what's going to fill it. So I started with a very simple practice where it was like um, five minutes a day. I, I didn't call it meditation. I didn't call it anything, but just like a void where mm-hmm. I did nothing. And it was okay if my mind wandered. It was okay if like, you know, thoughts came in and out. It was literally just to be in a space of like stillness and to do nothing. Um, and then that five minutes started turning into like, I would notice myself doing it here and there throughout the day where I just like was clearing my schedule more often. And when I do this versus when I don't do it, I am so much more energized. You know, the creativity that I have, the thoughts that like come up throughout the day on those days, there's just so much more life and energy because I think my brain is getting that time that it needs to reboot and to just like recharge in a way. Oh, I'm so stoked on this idea. I love that. So, cause I always push, you know, like journaling or meditation. Like I am a firm believer in those things. Mm-hmm. I think this is such a great step to like, when you do have those people who are stressed and overwhelmed, raising my hand over here, <laughs> when you have those people and like, okay, but how do I create that space? Like, I'm not used to meditation. I'm not, I don't really feel comfortable journaling yet. Like just having those like five minutes of void to fill whatever happens and just let it have space to do it, whatever it needs to do. I think that is such a cool step. So thank you Mm -hmm. for bringing that forward. That's so cool. Yeah. And, you know, even saying it like that five minutes to me doesn't Mm -hmm. seem like a big deal, but it is to a lot of other people. So, uh, if, if anyone's listening to that and they're like, Oh man, five minutes, that's a long time. Start with 30 breaths. Like just sit down and breathe for, you know, 15, 30 times in and out. I don't care how fast or slow you do it, but just do that and see where it leads. You might end there or you might, after those 30 breaths, feel like I'm settled in. Now I can do this. Right. The breath, we we could do a whole podcast on just the breath and how amazing it is because it can really restructure the mental pattern in the brain. So there's like a huge tip around taking, like if you're really, really stressed, take three deep breaths and it's a mental reset. So I love that 30 breaths. If you don't have five minutes, just do that for 30 breaths and see what comes of it. So cool. Um, All right. So the next thing I really want to talk to you about is the tips for finding your purpose. Cause Mm -hmm. we, we've heard about some of the biggest things that helped you. We've heard about how you have kind of had this journey over your life to finding out that you're enough and where you're Mm -hmm. at now, but what tips would you give your clients, the people that you help and defining their purpose? Yeah. And I think that question it's loaded one. (laughs) It's a big one. (laughs) Yeah. Cause part of me feels like a purpose is, is never like, it doesn't end. It's not like we just have one purpose. Yeah. We can find things that fulfill us. And then I guess for me, it's just like, just following the next thing. Like, and that comes back again to self-trust, but if we're thinking about something that's like applicable right now, I'm doing a series around leading your life through 
your intention. And the way that we talk about finding your intention is to, to think about yourself on a, like on a, a rescue boat, no, on a life raft. That's the word I use on a life raft. You're kind of floating in the middle of the water on a life raft. And you can see a deserted island that you just escaped. And if you're sitting on your lifeboat and you're facing the back of it, you're looking at that deserted island and you're facing the very thing that you don't want in your life anymore, that can be an intention for you by looking at something that you want to move away from. That's a very clear intention. A lot of people, you know, make decisions on that, something I don't want anymore. Mm -hmm. But there's also a very powerful thing in that you can turn around, you can face the front of your life raft and you could see the rescue boat. And so now you're moving towards an intention, something that you want. Maybe it's something that you want more of, something that you want to change in your life. And both of those things are actually very valid and powerful. It doesn't really matter which one is guiding you, but sometimes putting yourself on that life raft and deciding, and I'll have like clients write this out, put what's on your deserted island, put what's on your rescue boat. Now, which one are you more drawn to? Okay. That's going to be your intention that we're moving towards. So that's one of the ways that I feel like you can start figuring out what your purpose is, because if you make both of those lists, you're probably going to see some similarities, some things that are just coming, coming up that looks to be either a value of yours, something that fulfills you or potentially something that you need to make sure you stay really far away from. And either way, that's going to continue to inch you closer towards your purpose, if you will. And I would say just never stop moving. You know, that's, that's the thing that I think people sometimes unintentionally do that really is detrimental as they get, they settle somewhere and they're like, okay, this is, this is my life. This is my job, or this is my relationship, or this is my body or whatever it is. And they stay there. And yes, it's scary to shift and to to do things that you have to do sometimes to make change, but we always have to be moving in some direction. Otherwise we get planted and that's it. Then we start settling. We become stagnant. We lose a lot of our, like, this going to sound super cheesy, but the life force energy, like that r- really does happen. We just get Absolutely. drained yeah. and that's, yeah. So another great tip. I love that. I loved how you focused on, um, cause I hadn't really heard that metaphor before with the life raft about the desert Island of things that you're trying to move away from. And I feel like that's so important because so many people, we try to focus on the thing that we're trying to move towards but it's not always clear. And Mm -hmm. so having the ability to also be like, okay, so this is what I want to move away from. We can see that so much clearer oftentimes than Mm -hmm. what we want to move towards because we are able to already like have it. We know it. We we've lived it to this point. It's not always that clear the other way around where we're working towards something. So to be able to have that kind of switch mental focus to be like, okay, gaining clarity is so Mm -hmm. important. Absolutely. Ah. Well, Leslie, thank you so much for today. I mean, this has just been a loaded podcast of so many good things. So we'll go ahead and wrap it up because I'm just, I just want to leave it here on an amazing note. And I'm just so thankful for you. Um, So just so you guys know, Leslie has her own amazing podcast, which I so highly recommend because she's always dropping amazing bombs like this. (laughs) So Leslie, if you wouldn't mind um, to drop your name for your podcast, as well as your name for your Instagram. Yes. So so I can follow you. Absolutely. My uh, podcast is called The Mindset Maniac. The easiest way to find it is on Spotify. Um, And my Instagram handle is Leslie Crevar Life Coach. And Jess, you'll probably have to spell that out 
in your show notes or something because oh yeah, I'll tag who you knows? in all the things. <laughs> who knows how Leslie Crevar could be interpreted? Yeah, no, she's going to be tagged in all the things on um, the Instagram on my finding enough page, as well as the Jessica joy yoga fit. So you guys just pay attention, keep a lookout for that. And I would definitely recommend following her. She always has the good stuff going. So thank you again, Leslie, for joining and absolutely namaste for all you guys listening and have a great day.